I want to have you go with me over to Genesis chapter 1. It's lay a foundation for what God has for us today. And you know, there's nothing sadder than a Christian that, based on the Word of God, has been bestowed with a blessing, but goes around thinking they're cursed. And things don't work out for them. Relationships and jobs and finances and businesses and ministries, whatever it is they're doing. That's a sad thing to, uh, to have uh, you know, sown into your spirit. So today we're going to drive that out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In uh, Genesis 1, verse 26, And God blessed them and said to them, actually in, in 28, the fruit, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it and rule over it. Now I want you to notice the phrase, And God bless them. Say that with me, God bless them. We know He already made us in His image. He gave us His life. He gave us His image. He gave us dominion. He gave us seed to reproduce after its own kind. But the very first words, and this is critical that you get a hold of this today, because if you ever want to know God's perspective on anything theological, anything pertaining to the Bible, find its first reference. Find its first mention in the Word of God. And anything after that, if you think it contradicts that, then you're misinterpreting that particular scripture. It's what we call the law of first mention or the law of first words. And once God puts that out there, it cannot be reversed, it cannot be contradicted. God's Word is not passive or, or benign, sometimes inert like our words in terms of productivity. It always produces after its own kind. God's Word does not return to Him void. And listen very carefully. God fashioned and formed the human being. He began to talk and speak into that person's life. And the very first words, think about this, the very first words that a man's eardrum ever picked up, ever heard, ever heard, say ever heard, ever. were words of the blessing. Amen. This tells you from the very existence of man, it was God's will that they be blessed and not cursed. That they be successful, not failures. A lot of this, uh, you know, modern body Christ uh, focuses, of course, on, on things like redemption, and that's great, on forgiveness and going to heaven. But we understand what we're redeemed from we need to understand what we're redeemed to. We're redeemed from the curse. We're redeemed to the blessing. In Genesis 1, God you know, commanded or He dictated to or He released the blessing in the lives of those that He had created. We see in Genesis 2 and 3, He told them in Genesis 2, in the day that you eat of this fruit, you will die, meaning spiritual death, physical death, eternal punishment, sickness, disease, poverty, and like. That's what would come upon you. But immediately in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the Lord spoke about this battle between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And who was going to win that battle? The seed of the woman would crush the head, amen, of the seed of that particular serpent. In other words, immediately he releases the plan of redemption. It's like this. And you could think of the Word of God as a story of the blessing. You can think of the gospel as the gospel of the blessing. People who think this is another gospel are missing the whole point. It was blessing bestowed, blessing lost, and blessing restored. I just gave you a 50,000 part sermon series in one sentence. <laughs> Say it with me. Blessing given, blessing, blessing lost, blessing, blessing restored. Blessing. Say it one more time like this. Blessing bestowed, blessing, 
blessing lost, and blessing restored. Now, here's a quiz for you. What part of that three parts do you think we're in right now? We're not in the blessing lost part. We're in the what? The blessing restored part. But there are a lot of Christians that don't have revelation on that. Others that have not applied that, have not learned how to actually live in the blessing that God gave. And today, I want your faith so high for this that you never again let the devil talk you out of what Jesus died to give you. Say it with me. I am blessed. And by the way, I'm supposed to be blessed. When you can believe that and say that without apology or shame in your heart, you're on the right track. So let's try that again. I'm blessed. I'm supposed to be blessed. Deuteronomy 28, we learn that if we will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God, these blessings shall come up on us and overtake us. You say, well, I didn't obey all the word. When you accepted Christ, who did fulfill all the law, you in fact did what was necessary to be blessed of God. In Numbers chapter 6, something you never ever hear in this church, the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord do what? Lift up his countenance or face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. When you receive the blessing at the end of the service today or any service, you should take ownership of that. They're, they're talking about me right now. God put his blessing on me. God put his name on me. God endeavored and willed to bless me. I want you to think about that. Why in the world would he tell them to repeatedly declare this over the people? I'll tell you why. Because people, even God's people, have a short memory. Some of you will lose your sense of blessing by Monday morning. And reality is nothing has changed. Tim mentioned Deuteronomy 30. God said, I sit before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And I can do what? Choose life. Raise your hand if you chose life. If you chose life, you should be blessed. Listen carefully. I know what religion is doing out there. I know what all these Reformed theologians are doing out there, so-called. There's this no man's land between cursed and blessed. And they say, no, nah, we're not cursed anymore, but you know, we shouldn't expect to be blessed. Let me tell you something. There's not a third choice. You're either blessed or you're cursed. And if you're not cursed, boy, this is deep. <laughs> if you're not cursed, then you're blessed. If you're not blessed, then you're cursed. Do you or do you not believe that Jesus redeemed us from the curse? Do you believe that? Guess what? Then you transferred over from death to life, from darkness to light, from defeat to victory, from the curse to the blessing. Let me put it this way. How many can remember when you operated under the curse? And you were good at it. Anybody else here good at being cursed? Well, isn't it high time you began to be good at being blessed? Amen. I said it's time to start being good at being blessed Amen. with no apology, Amen. with no guilt, with no shame. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation, our redemption, redeemed from death, from poverty, from sickness and disease, and redeemed to the blessing of God. <laughs> 
Listen to this. If it's not a big deal, if it's not important, in Luke chapter 24 and verse 50, we hear the last words of Jesus. We know what the first words of the Father were to mankind that He created. What are the last words Jesus would say? In verse uh, 50, when He had left them, I led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, He lifted up His hands and blessed them. What do you suppose He did when He blessed them? The Lord bless you and keep you. Undoubtedly. Why? If Aaron would do this as high priest, how many know Jesus who is Amen. The high priest would do the same thing. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and he stayed continually at the temple praising God. What does this tell you? The law of first words in Genesis 1, the last words Jesus ever spoke to his disciples before his ascension were words of the blessing. It tells you that God is blessing-minded. His mind towards you is to bless you, not to harm you. You've been redeemed from spiritual death, separation from God, physical death, eternal uh, you know, punishment, sickness and disease, poverty and lack. And now the blessing is restored, which means today I can't talk about redemption accurately if I don't also talk about the blessing being restored. There's a dividing line in terms of what people believe in the modern church. Some will believe on the sin side of redemption, but they don't ever get around to talking about what we're redeemed to. And that's the blessing. Say it boldly. I am blessed. I can't be cursed. I've been redeemed from the curse. Well, if you're not cursed, then you're, then you're blessed. There is no middle no man's land until you get to heaven. Amen. Not our idea is what he said in Deuteronomy 30. It's what he says and tells us in the New Testament that really matters. Write this down if you still don't have a handle on this. What exactly is the blessing? Well, by definition, it's the power to succeed. There is something on you right now. Raise your hand if you're a believer. And I wave it if you know that when you became a believer, the Holy Ghost came inside of you to live. I'm not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm talking about the Holy Spirit coming in as a believer, amen, in your life. Do you know that today? When He came in, He brought something with Him. In fact, you can basically teach that the Holy Spirit is that blessing. And even though you can't see it, even though you can't you know, touch it, it is an invisible force or power on your life. And when I began to meditate on this, where I felt the Lord wanted me to go as I concluded last week's message, I keep hearing this phrase, God wants His people to start activating the blessing that is already on their lives. Not just let it sit there. I'm saved. That's great. I'm going to heaven. That's great. But there's something on you that causes the supernatural to take place in you and through you. It is literally the power to succeed, to excel, to bear fruit, to have longevity, to increase, to prosper. In other words, when you had the curse operating in your life, it was the power to fail. But now you have the power to succeed. There is an invisible garment that's upon you. And it happened when you got born again. Amen. And the Lord would say, let's get that thing out of dormancy in your life. 
and start operating in the blessing to its maximum potential in your life and through your life. Say it boldly again, I'm blessed. blessed. I can't be cursed. I've been redeemed from the curse. There are only two choices. Amen. To understand the, the nature of this, remember when Jesus went to Nazareth and he took the scroll from Isaiah chapter 61 and he began to read. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. You know what the key to your victory in every area of life is? Find the place where it's written. Find it and believe what it says. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recover sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You're still in that time period known as the period of the Lord's favor. You're not in a, in a situation where you should be living below your privileges and teaching other people to do the same, but living consistently with what the blessing will do and teaching other people to do the same as well. Say, well, that's Jesus. He's anointed. You cannot anoint the head without hitting the body. There's not two anointings, five anointings. There is the anointing. And the same anointing that was on him is on you if you joined his family through the new birth. Say it like this. I'm blessed. I can't be cursed. Say it with me. I'm anointed with the same anointing that anointed Jesus. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I see sometimes you'll hear these things if you've not been walking in them or you've never heard them before. And, and we're the kind of church where we have people that have been in this for decades and some people are just kind of opening up the door. The important thing is to always have a teachable spirit. Can I have an amen? amen. None of us have arrived. None of us know it all. Does that make sense? And people that project themselves as know-it-alls, guess what? That's proof they don't know it all. Because they missed the lessons on humility in love and grace, are you here today? But sometimes these things will strike you, and that's a good thing, striking your spirit with the reality of redemption. To hear, you know what? Guess what? I, I, I guess I really am blessed. I guess, I, I guess I'm really anointed. Well, maybe I should be doing something about that. Yes, because with that blessing and anointing comes some responsibility, especially in these last days. Think of it like this. All of us have, have heard the, the phrase or the concept of blessings. How many of you thank God for His blessings, plural? Yes. Praise God from whom all blessings, blessings flow. Do you remember singing that as a kid? Yes. The doxology? It was written to teach seminary students not to forget that God wanted to bless them and to always give Him praise and honor and glory for the fact that He did so. Imagine, say why? Because sometimes when you go to seminary, cemetery, seminary, but sometimes when you go there, you don't increase in faith, you can decrease in faith depending on how that place is set up. And he didn't want that to happen. He said, as you expand your mind and your understanding of Scripture and ministry, I want you to remember that God is a God that blesses. Say, so praise God from whom all, what? All, you believe that? From whom all blessings flow. So since God is blessing-minded, it's a good idea for His people to be as well. But 
The blessings, the results, that's not the blessing. The blessing is the root. The blessings represent the fruit of the blessing. I'm glad you can fill up your car. Isn't that wonderful? That tank of gas is a blessing. But to, oil, to, but to own the oil wells is the blessing. Do you see the difference? If I have a bushel of apples, that's a blessing. But to have an orchard of apple trees is the blessing. Say so it would be the blessing. It's the blessing that produces blessings. So if you have the fruit, I mean, if you have the root, you're going to have what? You're going to have the fruit. And everybody that's born again, let me see your hands again. You've experienced the new birth. You have the root. Let me say it again. You have the root for the blessings. Well, then why don't I have more of that? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. But the bottom line is sometimes it's just a, a mentality. If I get anything in life, I'll get it. If I do anything, I'll do it. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like human pride. You'll never be able to match the power of the blessing if you learn how to activate it. In no area of your life, but it's real. Amen. You might have a gold coin. You might have a gold ring on your finger. That's a blessing. But how do you know if you own the gold mine from where it came from, that's the blessing. When I was about seven years old, the whole family uh, packed up in a camper and went to Colorado Springs. You have not had a family vacation unless you've driven from Marion, Illinois to Colorado Springs. Four kids, two adults. My dad had business meetings out there. I think that's when they actually showed him, uh, you know, NORAD and the missile system, defense system and everything. And so we had a lot of time on our hands. We go, you know, we go playing in the woods and uh, we go horseback riding and uh, had a great time with that. Amen. There's like 16 of us, including our family. And we get up to ride horses and they gave me the slowest horse in the history of horses. In fact, the horse's name was Pokey. I'm not kidding you. Pokey. Oh, I hazed the little kid day. It must have been what it was, you know. <laughs> and so everybody else was on the trail. I'm about 15 paces behind the whole time. And that was his top speed. <laughs> and the guy would be like, and this is such and such over here, and this is what this was, and this is balance rock was formed and such and such, and it's been here for so many years. And uh, we, were, uh, we were so thrilled with the ride that we, uh, we went back another day. Same tour guide. And he's like, uh, yeah, and uh, this is that rock I was telling you all about yesterday. <laughs> we went back a third day, and he goes, ah, you know what it is. <laughs> but one of the things we got to do there was we got to go into an authentic, you know, old gold mine. And we looked over to a corner, and these big, you know, rocks were stacked up everywhere. And the, and the guy who was giving us the tour said, you can go over there, and you can have all the rock you want. And we're like, is there gold in the rock? Yeah, there's gold in that rock. And so we piled on the rocks. What he didn't tell us was we didn't have any way to get the gold out of the rock. As he laughed and we hauled away these big packs of stones. We had the ability, amen, through whatever manufacturing is there, they could get the gold out, but there wasn't enough in there for them to feel like they were going to miss it. We just couldn't do it. But that didn't stop us. 
We get back to the campsite, and we have hammers out. <laughs> no glasses, no goggles, and we start smashing these rocks. I mean, bits of rock flying everywhere, and didn't get any gold out of it. Amen. Aren't you glad there's an anointing that does that work for you? The point is, a lot of people confuse blessings with the blessing. What's on you is the blessing. Turn to somebody and smile and tell them there's something on you. Tell them again, there's something on you. It's the blessing. It produces a bunch of blessings. But the blessing is the root. Shout it out. The blessing is the root. Blessings are the fruit. And can I tell you something today before we get into the principles to activate the blessing in your life? It's already there. It's not a question of, hey, I didn't get it when I was saved. If the devil told you that and you believe that somehow you're still cursed, you're not cursed. You are blessed of God if you're born again. Amen. Amen. Do you know that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Amen. How could you not be blessed if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? He knows you. How could you possibly say, I'm not blessed, if the creator of the universe knows you? Amen? Amen. You're blessed. But I'm going to tell you something. This blessing that's on you, it's inflation proof. Now, some of you heard me. Let me say it again. The blessing that's on you is inflation proof. It is recession proof. It is government proof. And that's a good thing. Are you hearing me? It's religion proof. Religion can foam at the mouth, but that's not going to stop the blessing from working in your life. Glory to God. Say it with me, there's something on me. And it's the blessing. Say it, I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. Everything I put my hand to prospers. I'm supposed to be blessed. I've been redeemed from the curse. So I've been redeemed to the blessing. Say it, I'm blessed. It's on me. And it's producing in Jesus' name. Shout it out. It's inflation proof. It's recession proof. It's government proof. It's stupid proof. It's religion proof. But for so many people, it's just, it's just sitting there. You know, in, in the creation narrative in Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit of God was hovering. Amen. Just hovering until something happened. Until right. powerful words came out of the mouth of the Father. Yep. And the agency of the creation began to manifest through the Spirit of God. And we now see what He has worked. I'm going to tell you something that... Uh, to have that kind of force on you and not be released is not God's will. Somewhere along the line, even though we're Christians and we're born again, we're species, we're a creature, a creation that never existed before, we still think of ourselves as mere people or mere men. You are not a mere man or mere woman. You're actually a supernatural being spiritual being having a natural existence. There's something on you. Declare it boldly. There's something on me and it's called the blessing. And it's going to be activated 
fully in my life. You say, was that just people in the church? No, sometimes even as ministries and ministers, you know, we forget how important it is to, by faith, activate this thing and keep it activated in our lives. And let me tell you what you do when you do that. When you stop depending on that blessing, that empowerment on your life that God put there, you start relying on your flesh and your mind and your abilities, and that's when you really start making mistakes. And you have this garment, this supernatural garment on you the whole time. Well, how do I have this life in the blessing, Pastor? Well, write this down. First of all, you need to believe blessed. I can sit here all day long and talk to you about the blessing, but if you make the conscious decision, well, I just don't believe that. I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. One day I'll be with Jesus. But as far as this earth is concerned, I'm on my own. You are never on your own. That's not what the Word teaches. He said, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. He never told you you're going to be on your own just because you got born again. In fact, you were on your own before you got born again. How crazy is that? You're not alone. You're born again. (laughs) But it doesn't do me any good. You can't believe blessing for me, and I can't believe blessing for you. And through these, I've done my best to try to unzip people's heads and pour it in there. Sometimes I've wanted people to be more victorious than they did. That will never work. You have to make up your mind that you're going to study this, you're going to receive instruction from this, you're going to be teachable, and you're going to make up your mind, I'm going to believe what the Bible says about the blessing that is on me. No matter if anybody does or not. Galatians 3, we've talked a lot about this in verse 13 through 14. Christ, who? Christ, who? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a, on a tree. He redeemed us in order that. He redeemed us for the purpose of. He redeemed us for the reason of that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Amen. He redeemed us from the curse to the blessing. If all you see is he died on, this, on the cross for my sins, you're stopping too soon. Not only did he want to deal with the sin, he wanted to deal with what sin cost us. And sin cost us the blessing. But the blood bought it back. Amen. So why we want to live in a pre-saved condition? still meandering around in the remnants and the afterglow of the curse when you and I can be walking in the fullness of the blessing. You either believe this or you don't believe it. You believe you're redeemed? That's great. Now go on and accept the other part as well. I'm redeemed from something. I'm redeemed to something. And that is the blessing of God. And I can sit here all day long and talk to you about all the things the blessing will do. The blessing brings with it every kind of remedy, every kind of answer, every kind of wisdom, every kind of provision. It literally provides for everything a man could possibly want or need in this life. There are so many scriptures about that, but it comes down to whether you believe you're blessed or not. Are you here today? In Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, the law of the spirit of life. Or blessing set us free from the law of sin and death, the curse. You've got to believe you're redeemed from the curse and that the blessing has been restored to you. And here's the good news. If you testify that you're born again and you have experienced the new birth, then you also testify that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. 
and you're blessed. Well, Pastor, how many born-again Christians are blessed? Every single one of them. What if they call, call themselves Methodists? They're blessed. If they're born again in the Presbyterians, what do we call them? Blessed. What if they happen to be born-again Catholics? Because there are some. What do we call them? Blessed. What do we call those born-again Lutherans? Rare. <laughs> I, I can make fun of myself. Yes, I can. <laughs> but hallelujah, I got born again. Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. No. There's a massive move of evangelicalism within the Lutheran church. There's a liberal move, and there's also an evangelical move and a spirit-filled move. And I thank God that I was exposed to a spirit-filled pastor as a kid. Say, does it matter? Let me help you out here. It matters who you sit under. You think it doesn't matter? Oh, any church will do. Any preacher will do. Let me explain something to you. By going to that church, by being exposed to a person who was spirit-filled, a tongue-talking Lutheran pastor who cast out devils and operated in the gifts of the Spirit, but didn't teach them publicly. Just because I went there, I had spiritual osmosis. By the time I was 17 years old, I was transformed. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You say, well, I ain't getting nothing out of this. You just think you're not getting out of it, getting anything out of it. You are in Jesus' name. Right. Amen. Amen. Sit under it long enough and you might really get transformed. Yeah. Look at somebody and say, it matters. it matters. Especially the day we live in. It matters if we believe in the new birth. It matters if we believe in spirit baptism. It matters if we believe that this should be a word church and a spirit church. It matters. It mattered for me that I happened to be, just happened to be sitting under a spirit-filled Lutheran, and then I became one. Amen. What do we call a Lutheran? It's saved, blessed. What do we call a heathen that gets saved? Blessed. <laughs> blessed. What do we call a Baptist that gets saved? That was a little weak. What do we call Baptists that saved? Well, brother, aren't all Baptists are saved? I'm sorry to tell you that, but no, not all Baptists are saved. Amen? Some of them are Baptist born, Baptist bred, Baptist living, and Baptist dead. Brother Osteen's refrain for years and years and years. There are born again people in every church, and people are not born again. Can I tell you something, though? The ones that are born again, they're all blessed. And they share the same thing that's on you. And Christians, to varying degrees, have learned to release that blessing. But it starts with believing that you're actually blessed. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, be it unto you. Whose faith? Say, the blessing's on me. The degree to which it's activated is whether you believe or not. Say, I'm a believer, and I choose to believe. Say, I'm a believer, and I choose to believe. I'm blessed. Amen. Number two, you need to think blessed. You'd be amazed how many people that say, yeah, I believe in that stuff, but all day long they think just like somebody that's cursed. They dwell on what they did wrong. They dwell on what they don't have. They dwell on what doesn't work out. They dwell on all the opposition. They dwell on all the negative things that have happened in their lives. You need to think blessed. 
Like 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says in verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through what? The pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, that's inner images of eager expectations that do not line up with the Word of God, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When that flash thought comes by, you know, you'll never have anything, you'll never be anything, you'll never do anything, you'll never accomplish anything, you're less than somebody else, everybody's better than me, God doesn't care about you, God's not going to come through. You need to arrest those thoughts, bring them into captivity and say, no, that's not true, I am blessed of God. And I'll receive what blessed people receive. And I'll do what blessed people will do, amen. And you'll make a difference because you're a blessed person. Hallelujah. Refuse to think a single curse thought. If it's under the curse, don't think it. If it's of death, sickness, and disease, and poverty, and lack, and powerlessness, and everything that goes with it, do not think curse thoughts. And are they always coming at us? Thousand miles an hour from every direction. You have to get up in the morning and say, you know, before you even start going a different direction, you start praising God and say, I am going to think thoughts of the blessing today. And declare it. Well, Pastor, I don't have you or, or Aaron or Jesus to declare the blessing over me. You got yourself. Let me put it to you this way. You're already declaring things that are contrary to the blessing to yourself. All you just need to do is a little bit of a switcheroo there. Refused to think a cursed thought. Negative thinking, victim mentality, pity. I'll never have anything, do anything, be anything. You can be exactly what God has called you to be. You're the head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Glory to God. Proverbs 23, 7, King James, as a man thinks in his heart. What? So is he. A scientific study after scientific study that not even related to Christianity will tell you that a person's most dominant thoughts will guide and direct their lives even if they're not aware of it. Why not on purpose guide your life into the blessing and the blessed life that he has for you? I'm too young for that. No, you're not. I'm too old for that. No, you're not. Age and the blessing. There's nothing about the blessing that refers to age in Scripture. Say to me, it is timeless. It is ageless. Do you know when the blessing will fully activate in your life? When you decide to believe and think that you're blessed. Say it again. I am blessed. I can't be cursed. I've been redeemed from the curse. This is one of the reasons why God had the high priest repeatedly blessing the people to keep their mind renewed. When I bless you today, it is not the benediction. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's not the benediction. It's, hey, church, you're blessed. Hey, the face of God is looking at you. Amen. Hey, the favor of God is, is predisposed to you. Don't forget it. When you go to work Monday, Tuesday, when you're dealing with your family, don't forget it, you're blessed. 
And if you do, open up the number six and pronounce it over yourself. Yes. Say it, I'm blessed. We pastor in Hopkinsville, we had this uh, gentleman, he was a uh, Vietnam War vet and been through a lot. and severe, Most severe case of post-traumatic stress I'd ever seen, and yet he, he wanted to walk with God. And, and we did what we could to help him out, became a good friend. And his, uh, his mom uh, lived with him, and he, her name was Delora, a real, real sweet person. They loved coming to the church. And... Uh, you know, every time I asked Delora, and I should have known better after a while, but whenever I asked Delora, how you doing, she'd tell me. She'd tell me what she'd been thinking. Well, I've got sinusitis and arthritis and a tumor and a callus and a, and a corn. You know, I've got this and i got that. And I'm like, okay, we'll start there as a reference point. Let's see how she does a couple years later. A couple years later, sitting in under the same type of teaching, Dolores, how you, Dolores, how you doing? Well, you know, I got sinusitis and arthritis and bursitis. I got a tumor. I got a callus. I got a corn. It's like nothing penetrated. They moved to Rhode Island. A couple years later after they moved, I called her up. I said, Dolores, how you doing? Well, Brother Art, I've got sinusitis and arthritis and bursitis. I've got a tumor, a callus, and a corn. All these years and nothing changed in her thinking. I don't know if she's still on this planet or not, but if she is, you know what she's going to get up tomorrow and say? i got sinusitis and bursitis and arthritis and a callus and a corn and a tumor. As a man thinks, in his heart. You know, with the same breath, you could have said, I'm healed, blessed, amen, victorious, more than a conqueror, amen, I'm the head, and not the tail above only, but not beneath, amen, all my diseases are healed, God supplies every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. She could have been doing that, but she thought what? Cursed. Turn to somebody and say, believe blessed, and tell them, think blessed. Number three, you need to talk blessed. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. James 3 tells us that our own mouth determines how blessed we will be. We shouldn't be cursing ourselves, and we shouldn't be cursing others. Amen. James teaches us that our entire life is directed by the words that come out of our mouth. The perfection of our lives, amen, is directly proportioned to the perfection of our mouth. James 3 teaches us that cursing and blessing shouldn't come out of the same mouth. And it's not just other people we curse. We curse ourselves. In fact, a lot of people curse themselves more than they curse other people. But Matthew 12 tells us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What we should be doing is get full of blessing, revelation, and teaching, and faith, and out of the abundance of our heart will come what? Words of blessing, full of the blessing. We must keep curse words out of our mouth, negative words, destructive words, words that contradict the word of God. This is a decision like it is to believe the blessing, like it is to actually, you know, you know, see yourself and think the blessing. You need to talk the blessing. Amen. Say it out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Say it out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
you should be so full of, of blessing-mindedness and consciousness that somebody were to poke you, you say, I'm blessed! If somebody wakes you up in the middle of the night, you sit up and say what? I am blessed. You take dominion over what you believe. You take dominion over the things you think. And you take dominion over the things that come out of your mouth. And for a while, if you're, you know, been walking down the path of thinking the curse and sowing to the curse in your mind, you're thinking, you're going to talk that curse. It's going to take some time. Amen. But make up your mind. You're going to speak what God says about you. If it's in the Word of God, you can declare it over your life. Amen. Say it with me. If I can find it in the Word, I can declare it over my life. Ah, uh, well, you know, you, you people, Pastor, are you, you Word of Faith people? You, you name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and shout it and spout it. And <laughs> I don't know about you people. I already told you, according to Romans 10, all born-again people are word of faith. Because that's how they got saved. But this same mindset would suppress people into no man's land. They used to say things like this. Well, you know that, you know, that uh, believing in the heart and saying with mouth stuff, that, all that stuff, that'll work in the West, in America. But that won't work in the third world. That stuff won't work in the third world. And they say, you know what, that thing about God taking care of your needs and prospering His people and reaching, that won't, that won't work in the third world. But here's the first thing you need to understand about that. Uh, our missiologist years ago did, did a study on all the fields we were in, hundreds and hundreds of fields of, of ministry work, and they traced them over 30, 40, 50 years to find out what would happen if they went back, not just spiritually, but in their culture, in their community. And every single community, regardless of what continent it is on, they went back and they found out where the people were redeemed by Christ, Christ lifted them up economically. Every single culture. Not the American culture, not the West, but the nations of Africa and those in Central and South America and all over the world. Fact, not one exception where the gospel was preached and received did God not lift the people up and the culture up even economically. To say that God only does this in America and that's why it seems to work in America. Listen, it's not working for all people because all people won't receive it. I mean, we could teach you on, on the principles of tithing, sowing, and reaping. Some people will sit there till Jesus comes back and never get their line in life for those things. So they're not going to receive God's best until they actually get a hold of that and practice that revelation. But it is utter nonsense. And in fact, it is deception to say that this extra gospel only works in America. It's not an extra gospel. It is the gospel. It's the gospel of the blessing. And wherever it is preached, it gets people saved and delivered and it lifts them up. Amen. And it will lift you up. No matter who you are or where you're from or what side of the tracks you grew up on, that's all irrelevant. That's right. If you've experienced redemption of sin, you can experience the redemption to the blessing and all that it will produce in your life. Believe it stronger than I ever have in my entire life. T.L. Osborne was a phenomenal missionary evangelist and he went to places that other people like Reinhard Bonnke would come in behind and Reinhard got an awful lot of the fruit from the seeds that were sown there but but T.L. would preach and preach and they noticed the same thing. They go to places where people would not wear a stitch of clothing. How I many of oh, that's a challenge? 
And I'm happy glad the preachers didn't contextualize and join them. No, they kept their clothes on. Never said a word about culture or clothes, nothing. But a funny thing happened when they got born again, spirit-filled, and they went back to those nations a couple years later. Guess what? They're wearing clothes, though no one told them to wear clothing. That was not the focus of the gospel. Say it with me, redemption and lift. I would say what our missiologists proved is redemption and the blessing. It's not just for Westerners. Then they used to say things like, well, bless God, that won't work in Africa. I'll tell you that right now. That stuff won't work in Africa. It's an American gospel, American gospel. Really? There's a man named Bishop Adepo who got a hold of a little thin book that Gloria Copeland wrote called um, God's Will is Prosperity. She wrote in God's Will is Healing as well. A real thin thing. And he said he went up on a mountain and sought God and prayed and read that book and got his Bible out to see if this is actually what the Word of God taught. And he chose to believe that's what God did. They're about to dedicate a sanctuary in Nigeria that seats 100,000 people. Uh, point of order, Nigeria is in Africa. It's in Africa. Watch this. Not a single dime of Western money. The property worth in the hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars and not a dime of debt on it anywhere. That stuff just won't work in Africa. You know what? Sometimes people that don't know should just shut up. Amen? Amen? Anybody here a Star Wars fan? How about Mandalorian? You like Mandalorian, the series? Isn't that brilliant what they're doing with that? For those that have, you'll enjoy this. For the rest of you that don't know what a Mandalorian is, just give me five seconds. <laughs> but uh, the little Mandalorian's about to take his, his vows to be a Mandalorian, and, and uh, he acts like he knows everything, so he's rebuked by an elder. And uh, the elder says, one should not speak unless one knows. Wonderful counsel for Christians. Come on, say, one should not speak unless one knows. And you said, it won't work in Africa. It won't work in Asia. It won't work in Central America. One should not speak unless one knows. If it is believed, amen, if the mind is renewed to the blessing, if you actually speak the blessing over your life, it works. Yeah, go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. He's worthy. I want you to get a hold of this. Bill Winston put it so simply, but it's absolutely, you know, worth its weight in gold. The blessing is voice activated. I want you to say that with me. The blessing is voice activated. Well, Pastor, I'm thinking I've got the blessing, but it's not very active. What are you doing with what you're saying? Are you calling yourself blessed? Are you calling your family blessed? Are you calling your church blessed? Are you calling your city blessed? Are you calling your nation blessed? Or are you cursing your nation? You're the one with the blessing. Amen. Amen. It's voice activated. 
I just don't understand how come I never seen any of those fruits he's talking about, the blessing fruits. Where are the blessing fruits? It's voice activated. You got saved, amen, because of your voice lining up with his voice. It's real. And I'm not saying that you're going to be the next Elon Musk. I'm not telling you you're going to be a zillionaire, but I am telling you this. You will find yourself living in the best possible way that God can ordain for your life. You will be living in abundance, amen, and victory and peace when the devil attacks your mind, your body, your emotions. You will cry out, I am blessed. And you'll stand against it. This is not some live in a bubble thing of imaginary power and, and somehow, you know, blessing of God is we're all protected. Nothing ever happens. We go through it. But listen to what I said. We go through it. Some of you all buy a condo in it. No, you go through it. Say it with me, the blessing. The blessing. The blessing is voice activated. I don't believe all that. That's the problem. I'm going to activate this blessing. Believe blessed, think blessed, talk blessed, and last, act blessed. Act like you're blessed. Amen. Act like it. Square your shoulders. Lift your head. You're a child of God. Amen. Walking around, beat down, looking at the floor all the time. Your body language saying that you're a nothing, you're a nobody. You're a child of God. You've been redeemed from, amen, from sin, sickness, from death, eternal punishment. You've been redeemed to the blessing. You have every reason in the world to lift up your head. Amen. And walk in victory. Not pride, walk in victory. Knowing who you are, what you can have, and what you can be. Acting like it. And by acting like it, I don't mean go out and buy a $100,000 car you can't afford so you can look like you're blessed. Now you're looking like you're stupid. Amen. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write myself a million dollar check and see if I can put it in the bank. You're going to put it somewhere, you're going to end up in the pokey. Now, Jim Carrey wrote himself a million dollar check and put it in his drawer. He didn't put it in the bank. Because he believed one day, I'm going, someone's going to pay me a million dollars to do a movie. And guess what happened? He had what he said. And one day, guess what? He was able to put a check like that in his bank. I'm not talking about that kind of crazy stuff. The kind of crazy stuff for where I get a call and, hey, Pastor, could you come down to the jail to visit somebody, to visit me? Could you, could you help bail me out? What'd you do? I kited some checks, a lot of them, because I wanted everybody to think I was blessed. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about acting like you have, amen, a mind that's blessed, amen, a mouth that is blessed, a belief system that is blessed, and you're in full-on expectation. For whatever it is in this life that you need or God needs you to do, you are up to that task because you're blessed. Act like it. Live like it. Blessed people should be filled with joy. They should be filled with peace. They should be filled with victory. People that are blessed, they just have a certain demeanor about them. Amen. But in addition to you walking with active expectation, is you realizing what that blessing is for. Yes. 
Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I'll show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a... You will what? You will what? You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's impossible for us to be a blessing if we don't understand that we are blessed. How can we bless others when we want to accept the reality that in Christ we're blessed? We've been redeemed from the curse and to the blessing. I don't have a lot of pet peeves. I'm an easygoing kind of a person. But all of this sniping and picking on and belittling and criticizing in social media of God's people and his churches, because we don't agree with that and we don't think this is right and that's not right. You know, I listened to somebody the other day wailing on people for believing God to meet their needs. And the only reason they have a program on YouTube is to get so many clicks and likes and views because their money is attached to how many views they get. They're picking on the church so they can get people to look at their video. How hypocritical is that? That is not what we're called to do. We're never going to agree with everybody on everything. But there is no such thing as a heavenly calling making you the corrector of the body of Christ. I am telling you, when you see people doing that, you turn it off as fast as you can. And keep the names of those people out of your mouth. If you have a certain attitude towards a certain ministry, it's because somebody probably sowed that seed in your heart. You never got that from having revelation of God. And if you do have revelation that something doesn't sit right, amen, do what we say around here. Chew the meat and spit out the bone. Are you ready? <laughs> Don't go crusading against people. Who are you to judge another man's servant? If they have a covering, that covering should deal with that spiritually. If they're in a body where there's accountability, that body should be dealing with the issue. But go and cross the denominational lines and cross churches saying they don't do this right and they don't do that and what they're doing is heresy and what they're doing is wrong. Careful. What's wrong is what you're doing. Because it's by our love this world will know that we are his disciples. A new commandment I give you, go and criticize everybody. No, a new commandment I give you, love one another. Now we can poke fun at ourselves. It's okay. Amen. We're very diverse in this church. There are times have been up to 35 different denominations. You don't think that's a challenge to preach to? Amen. <laughs> I mean, any given sermon, you can step on a half a dozen toes and not even try. A little religious and denominational demon screaming, ah, 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 that hurts, ah. <laughs> but that's not what you're called to do. What am I called to do? First Peter chapter 3. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, 
that you may inherit a blessing. Look at somebody and say, do you want to know what you're called to do? You're called to bless. What's going on out there in social media is not blessing, it's cursing. And if you view it and you like it and you share it, you're part of that curse. You should be blessing people. I can tell you that I am never going to completely agree with everything that everyone says. Last time I checked, I was supposed to be preaching the gospel not against God's servants. There should be a better amen than this holy crowd. This desk is for preaching the word. Not filling this up with rancorous talk about other people and their ministries. Our campus pastor for years, Mark Randall, used to say, I don't even agree with what I say sometimes. <laughs> Meditate on that if you want to. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and uh, when I was in Hopkinsville, and I was still growing, there was a baby preacher, and I was still developing in the things that God was, was revealing to me, uh, I probably preached some things that would probably groan over if I listen to him today. And some of you are thinking, I want those tapes. <laughs> I, I want to know what, what he would groan over. But a funny thing happened. I had hundreds of those tapes in a storage unit. And lo and behold, one day they were there, and the next day they were gone. I wonder what happened to them. <laughs> they may be recorded in heaven somewhere, but never shall the human ear hear them ever again. <laughs> Amen. Technology can be your friend. Technology can be your enemy. Yes. Say it with me. I am blessed. I, am blessed. I was over in Hopkinsville, and I was called one time to do a meeting for, you know, the district, the, the fellowship, the area of our churches, and I said, I'll go over to Trenton. That's over there by Fort Campbell. Some of you know where Trenton's at. Everybody say, God bless Trenton. And my friend was the pastor there. And he said, what I want you to do is preach three or four days. And I also want you to take care of this meeting for me. I said, okay, I can do that. And one night I was telling him about how important it was to get into the Word, and read the Word, study the Word, confess the Word, be a Word person. Just don't get into emotion. I could, I could begin to get real eloquent. And I began to say things like, you can shout. Or you can spit, dot, 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 except it didn't come out that way. In the heat of preaching, my shout and my spit became one. And it was three quarters of the way out of my mouth. I'll never forget, there was Deacon sitting where, where my brother is right now. And he was looking just like that. Look at his face. Yeah, he's like, and after a while he goes like this. Now, you've got to, you've got to enjoy the, the beauty of this. I was there officially for a church organization and just went to this pulpit a cousin. <laughs> some of y'all don't look at me the holy tone. You did it in the shower this morning, so knock it off. Amen. Just knock it off. Knock off the judgment. Some of y'all do it in traffic. 
some of you, when you're driving, you have a whole new vernacular. <laughs> and so uh, Mike Dorsey, the pastor, comes up to me. I don't even think we even talked about this story you know, all these years, but uh, he came up to me afterwards. He goes, you know, I told these sound people that we had a special thing going on this week, and I asked them humbly, would you come make sure everything is set up, the sound is right? And would you humbly, you know, just, just make sure the recordings are made for the guest speakers so that we can actually put this together? Someone's interested. And Mike said, you know what? That guy didn't show up tonight. <laughs> and he said, I am so sorry, but your message didn't get recorded. And I said, Mike, that's okay. And I turned the corner, I said, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Sometimes not getting recorded is a blessing. Amen. Now, why wouldn't I really care about listening to it myself? Because we're all works in progress. It does me no good to down myself or somebody else because they might be on a different page or works in progress. But what can I find positive? What can I say about T.D. Jakes. Can I say 100% of my doctrine lines up with his? No, but I can say this. God has used him. It's a singular set, an entire generation of women free in this country and around the world. That I can say. Amen? Am I 100% in agreement all the time with, with toothy Joel Osteen? Let me say something. First of all, Tammy has been a friend of that family for decades, knows them well. Everything he says, of course not. I mean, when you talk, when you're a preacher, you talk a lot. But can I tell you something? Hundreds get saved every single Sunday. Hundreds. And the Reformed theologians say, well, I'm not sure they got saved. Well, I'm not sure you're saved. <laughs> so we're even. Can I agree with everything that Joyce Meyer says? And for the record, I'm not going to get tatted to follow her example. Um, but could you imagine what God has done through her to impact the thinking of so many women bound up and men that would be honest about listening to her? Some of y'all are closet. Amen, Joyce Meyer fans. Just Yes, you are. You just... I know, Brother Art, but, but I'm a badness and I'm not supposed to receive from a woman. You have permission. You have permission from the Holy Ghost. Amen. He pours out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters, they what? They prophesy. Old man, young man, dreams and visions. I leave. That's the word of God. Amen. It's very important to get a hold of this. I mean, I've never seen an organization more aggressive to win souls than the Southern Baptists. But are they perfect? Of course not. But why can't we not brag on what is right in each other and pray about whatever else is there instead of being the one that's the hypercritic all the time? Amen. Does that make sense to you? Why? Because you're called to bless. And watch this. And this is where we can kind of put the, you know, the stick and the fork in it and call it done. <laughs> Your willingness to bless impacts you walking in that blessing. Is criticizing that person, cussing that person out, treating that person with disrespect, is that worth you losing the activation of your blessing? 
And I hope everybody here is on the same page and say, you know, that's hardly worth it. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, it's not worth it. Because we're blessed. Have you got that down? To be. To what? Say it. I am blessed. To be a blessing. And as I bless, the blessing boomerangs back. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Here it comes again. Praise God. Expect blessings to come upon you and overtake you on what? A daily basis. From now on, act like you're blessed. And if you're acting like you're blessed, you're going to be out there blessing people. Glory to God. I turn to somebody that's near you and bless them right now. I say, I bless you. I empower you to prosper. I empower you to excel, to increase, to bear much fruit, to have longevity. Glory to God. Thank you, my Father. I want you to stand to your feet today. Just lift your hands to heaven. We just want you to make this declaration over your life. The blessing, it worked in Abel's life. The blessing, it worked in Abraham's life. It worked in Isaac's life. It worked in Jacob's life. It worked in Joseph's life. It worked in David's life. It worked in Solomon's life. And it's working in yours as well. So with your hands lifted high, say in Jesus' name, I receive everything he has for me. I'm born again. I love the Lord. I have him in my heart, and I say it with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. The blessing is on me now. I believe blessing. I think blessing. I absolutely talk blessing, and I act blessing in Jesus' name. Lord, I am your instrument to be a blessing. With that blessing comes the mandate to be a blessing. Lord, I repent. Over the, over the misuse of my mouth, the times I have cursed and I should have blessed. I repent of being a curser and I ask you every day, show me who needs it most. Help me be a blessing to others, to empower them with my words, with my actions, with my love. I am empowered to prosper. I'm empowered to succeed. I'm empowered to excel. I'm empowered for longevity. I'm empowered for increase. And I am mandated to empower others to do the same. So in Jesus' name, if no one else is around, I'm not in church. I don't have something going on in the air. I choose to bless myself. I am never without words of blessing. I bless myself in Jesus' name. I refuse to curse myself. I say what God says over my life. I expect every day those blessings from the blessing to come up on me and overtake me in every area of my life. I'm blessed. I can't be cursed. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from death. 
and sickness and poverty and lack, but I'm redeemed to the blessing in Jesus' name. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. And everything I put my hand to prospers in Jesus' name. Glory to God.